I mean, I've had a listing up on Indeed for a co-host. The only requirement is that their name to start with M. I've had that up this whole time, but there haven't been any takers yet. That's kind of shocking. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that I think that points to something else being the problem. <laughs> You're listening to the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it may be, listening to this 2M Nation. And welcome to the second half of our 2020 recap. It's always, as always, one co-host. My name is Matt, and I'm always joined with my somewhat okay friend, Mike. Hey, Matt. Hey, Termination. I think that's the. I think that's the highest praise you've ever given me. What did you say? Somewhat okay friend. Somewhat what okay-ish. A, I mean, it depends on the day. It depends okay on what we're ish. talking about. There we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, Come on, I can't excited. give you too much credit. You think something is wrong. I uh, I would yeah that's why I hesitated a second there. Um, like what happened to the real Matt? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, excited well, to be here, here as always, work. once again in the virtual recording studio. Are you ready to uh, to put a cap on twenty twenty? The twenty twenty football I'm, season, I should say. Yeah, I, I think I'm ready. Yeah, it's already uh, you know, it's already it's, March. Free agency is right around the corner. Uh, yeah, I know all the teams are putting up uh, hashtag free agency. So, I mean, I guess uh, there's gonna be a lot of rapid fire uh, notes being had for that. Yeah, definitely. That's why, uh, as we'll discuss later, but that's why in the schedule we have a break the week of free agency that it begins so that we can just sit back, collect, as you said, (laughs) all the signings that are going to take place. And uh, right, I feel like it's one yeah. of those things you got to like just look at the news the first few days and then you got to let it kind of calm down and then go back and look at it because just by the time you learn one thing, five more things have happened. Uh, but yeah, before we get there, as you said, this is our well, part two of two of our 2020 season recap. So, uh, let's before we get to that though, there was a decent amount of news this week. Oh, is this the before the before the end? Yes, the before the before. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. And uh, good news. So before we finish up our yeah our, our AFC uh, proven player results and uh, one other uh, little discussion we're going to have today is we've each picked a team that overperformed in 2020 and a team that underperformed expectations. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about AFC proven players and how they did. But before we get there, yeah, news. And let's start with JJ Watt. Signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this Man. Is a pretty big surprise. I He was not on the docket for the Cardinals no. at all for any team. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, boom, this is happening. It's It's been funny to hear about the, the lengths that he went to, to to not have it leak because he was the one who broke the news. Right. I was I was reading about this. He, he bought five like t-shirts from five different NFL teams, but he didn't even buy them. He had his friend buy them on, on that person's card and shipped to their address so that there would be no, uh, no way for the news to leak. And so that he could announce it himself. I mean, that's pretty extensive, like decoy work. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why really, but it, it did work. Um, so it's a two year deal worth uh, $31 million in total. 23 of that is guaranteed. Uh, I did see reports that both the Browns and the Colts actually offered more money than that, but but Can he you chose Arizona. Watt being on the Browns with uh, with Miles Garrett, yeah, that'd be a pretty good combination. Sorry, Cleveland. <laughs> and uh, ironically, he's reunited with DeAndre Hopkins, another former Houston Texan. I'm more like. I'm more excited that he's with Chandler Jones. Like that's going to be right. a brutal yeah. line. <laughs> Can you imagine if they somehow managed to get the Honey Badger back? Oh yeah, Matthew, like Patrick mm-hmm. Peaser, and Tyron Matthews, Chandler Jones, JJ Watt. Like that defense could be stacked. Yeah, it's it's uh that'll be a good pairing. Like you said, not not quite to the level of Miles Garrett, but 
Uh, I mean, still, still dangerous. Still good. Yeah, definitely. And as we saw, I reiterated once again in the Super Bowl, if you can get pressure on other teams' quarterbacks, it doesn't matter who they are. If you pressure them enough, that's going to do good things for the rest of your defense. Absolutely. Disruption creates opportunity. I do think it's – I find it interesting that, uh, you know, at age 32, he wants to be with a contender. And I, I do believe in the Cardinals, obviously. They were my playoff sleeper pick a year ago. Um, but that is probably the toughest division top to bottom in the league with, you know, of course, Seattle, presumably, assuming Russell Wilson doesn't go anywhere, which we'll talk to about in a second. The top dog, I would say, the Rams – it's yeah. firmly in win now mode, especially after that trade for Stafford. Right. Uh, 49ers, who we'll also talk more about. A uh, little teaser there. Um, just, you know, a year ago they were in the Super Bowl. And then you've got the Cardinals. So it's it's a tough division. Well, and it's interesting that he says he wants to be with a contender or essentially like a team that's in position to win now. And the Browns made great strides. And then the Colts picking up Wentz and having a very solid offensive line with Marlon Mack and everything, and a pretty good defense on that side of the ball. Like, I wonder, I'm really curious as to though, is what made him make that decision? Yeah. Uh, well, funny you bring that up because the next thing I've got in the notes, it, according to the man himself, it was because of Kyler Murray. Watt actually shared his, his text messages with, with the Cardinals quarterback. He said, I'm here because I believe in you which is a really powerful statement. It also puts, I think, maybe a little pressure on him. But <laughs> Right, yeah, don't screw this up. I'm, I yeah. made this decision, and I'm staking <laughs> all of my career livelihood right. on you. No pressure. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's an exciting signing, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what that defense looks like with him. Absolutely. Uh, I had these, I thought, in order of most importance. So I don't know how this this item snuck into second. Yeah, place. this is so critical. And like <laughs> Texans, this is this is game breaking right here. Texans re-signed David Johnson to a one-year deal. You know why it's shocking? Because the Texans re-signed a player. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's why it's you second mean, place. A player did not leave Houston. Right. You mean they didn't trade him for a future sixth-round pick? <laughs> oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we we're talking about Russell Wilson just a second ago, and and uh, he made it clear that he has not asked to be traded. However, he did provide a list to the team of if you do trade me, <laughs> right? I don't want to trade, but if if if, if, if you do, here's a list of places I'd like to go. And you know, uh, if that list you can swing it to you know benefit us. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> Somewhere with an offensive line, please. Which makes sense for uh, the first one here. The Cowboys were in no particular order. Uh, the Cowboys, the Saints, the Raiders, and the Bears. Now, Cowboys have already said no, essentially, because they're planning to bring back Dak Prescott. Um, the Saints, uh, I was looking up, looking into this earlier. They have the offensive line, but they have zero i think they have negative cap space since the cap, uh, salary cap is actually lowering this off season so they can't afford him raiders uh, have a pretty good o line and i think they do have some cap space so that one's i don't know interest I, they seem the most plausible to me of this list i don't think it's going to happen but if it did i think i don't know how the bears got on his list because uh they have no offensive line no cap space and and no no team they have no offense <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that well, doesn't I stop Rico. They have no good. offense because they have no offensive line. Hence, I feel like he'd be running in the same problem that he has in Seattle. Well, sure, but he but minus DK Metcalf and uh, Tyler Lockett. <laughs> if they bring back Robinson, that's one. And Chris Carson. Right. Yeah, they don't have. Although they do I mean, have they, David Montgomery in Chicago, so at least, I mean, I feel like at least with the Raiders and the Bears, they have good running backs. Hmm. It's just they lack depth at receiver and they lack either cap space or a sturdy offensive line. And the whole reason Russell Wilson, I would argue, is not very happy is because he's never had protection. Yeah. yeah. Like even when this when the Hawks made the to the Super Bowl and won it, it's like it was still on Russell Wilson. 
And you can only take that for so long before you're like, all right, guys, come on now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you keep saying I'm your guy and you want me to be here forever, but yet you're throwing me to the wolves on every snap. So, I mean, we'll see if anything's going to happen there. I, I doubt it ultimately, but it's interesting that he is at least open to it. <laughs> right. He hasn't shut it out, but he yeah. hasn't come out. I think this is like that passive aggressive way of saying it without saying it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I'm not, I don't want to, but if this option was available. <laughs> yeah. Well, another quarterback sort of news, the sort of conflicting headlines here. I saw 49ers expect Jimmy Garoppolo to return as starting quarterback, and that was just based on some strong words by the GM, John Lynch, kind of supporting him. Uh, but then the report came out that they called the Panthers to see if Teddy Bridgewater was available. So kind of sending mixed signals there. And that gave me the idea. We know the Panthers are interested in Deshaun Watson. Okay. So, I'm with you. I'm following you. Okay. Panthers, Panthers are interested Watson. in Watson. Okay. Um, 49ers are interested in Bridgewater. Oh, oh, all right. I see. So if the Texans move Watson. I'll try a little bit of math here. All right. So you're saying Watson leaves Houston and goes to Carolina. Yes. Which means that Teddy would now go from Carolina to San Fran. Uh huh. Which means that Jimmy G would potentially wind up in Houston. <laughs> Great. Very good, Matt. Good job. Uh, oh, Freaking nailed uh, following, it. Following the breadcrumbs there. Uh, yes. Well, I ate the breadcrumbs along the way. So it's a good thing I didn't have to go back. <laughs> That's an interesting. Now, did you, now, in all, fairness like nothing against you but did you come up with that or did we is that something that i missed or oh well no that's just something i came up with because that's an interesting like proposition it would would take more than it would you know there would be draft picks involved too right but just the players names that are involved with that makes that interesting because the question i think the really thing that hangs us up on is jimmy g's willingness to go to houston really is the question because I'm surprised that the Niners are keeping Garoppolo. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't make a run at like Newton or someone else. Who else is on the market right now? I could see oh, I could see Shanahan going after Trubitsky. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting one, and and that's a good uh, preview for our, our free agency show where we're going to talk about all the quarterbacks that are potentially hitting free agency. But yeah, but no, yeah. that's that's an interesting trade you came up with there. I mean, in some ways, it makes sense on paper but i'd really want to see the uh the value because you can't put watson bridgewater and jimmy g on the same level at all no that's why it would have to be something like you know panthers would give up draft picks and they'd give up bridgewater you know i don't know how it would work but it's it's just an interesting uh as we called it in the first offseason episode the qb carousel going round and round people just switching players uh, so, you know, that's another thing we'll keep an eye on. And then speaking of Deshaun Watson, he finally met the new Texans head coach, David Culley. Um, but doesn't sound like anything changed in that meeting. He reiterated yep, he his position. He flipped him off, threw a bag of <laughs> crap in his face, and left the room. Exactly. And uh, this one I can't take credit for. I took this from ESPN. But we've been talking about what would happen. <laughs> there you go. And cue the lawsuit. <laughs> Your 11 listeners heard you. (laughs) Um, Hello? (laughs) This is the cease and desist letter. (laughs) CIA would like to know your location. (laughs) I'm sure it's fine. All right, but we were talking about what would happen in the scenario that they don't trade him, but he still refuses to play. Uh, Well, obviously, he would be fined for every practice and every game he missed. And in total, that would be around $20 million in fines for the season. Oh my God, that's a lot of money. I mean, for them, it's not a lot, but like, that's a big number. That's yeah. a lot of zeros in that. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's what would happen if he refuses to play and they don't trade him. I mean, to be completely honest, he seems more than willing to take that hit. Yeah, I mean, he's still young. He'll make that money it's 10 not times even, over. <laughs> it's not even about the money. It's like, what does that tell you about the culture or the situation that just Sean's in? Right. <laughs> Where he's like, I'd rather lose $20 million than play for this team. <laughs> yeah. Like, talk about a bold, like, this ain't happening, guys. 
Like what the hell happened in Houston? And I don't, I don't know. I, I feel know. like it's Bill O'Brien's fault, but that's fine. I, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and other quarterback news, man, it's all about quarterbacks and that random David Johnson tidbit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's fine. <laughs> ben Roethlisberger uh, likely will return to the Steelers, uh, but he's going to have to take a pay cut because current his current salary would be a 41 Point three million dollar cap hit, and they cannot afford that. But uh, I think this will be back. Big Ben's last year. Yeah, I agree with you. He doesn't look like he has much left in the tank, to be perfectly honest. Um, well, I foresee a mass departure. I mean, I feel like they're going to sign Alejandro Venueva back to a one year deal, like mm-hmm. David DeCastro. Like we're going to see some of that line depart when Ben goes. Yeah. Yeah. As another little spoiler or preview, I guess, uh, James Connor is also a free agent. So they're, they're going to have to let some guys go if they want to bring, if they want to keep Ben, but there's not really another viable quarterback option right now. Mason Rudolph has been terrible. Uh, Duck Hodges. <laughs> yeah. Duck Hodges. And, uh, they've got the guy from Washington now too, right? Why am I blanking on his name? Haskins. <laughs> oh, Dwayne Haskins, the guy that used one of our, uh, picks on. You know what? He's he's in a better position there than with Washington, probably. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Segway. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. Speaking of Washington, their uh, reports are that they're likely going to cut Alex Smith, which is too bad. Obviously, he was the comeback player of the year this past season and uh, played in eight games with six starts. The team was five and one in his starts. Uh, okay, completion percentage around two thirds of his passes, six touchdowns, eight picks. Uh, it's mostly about his salary too. I think he would be due nineteen million if he stays on the roster. So, all right, I I have I'm going to throw this one out there. Let's see what sticks. All right. Okay. This is partially a segue into the new into the next point, but at the same time, still involves Alex Smith. What if we send Alex Smith? I could see three places: New England. Oh, mm-hmm. Chicago. Yes. And? Well, I was going to say the 49ers, but they're seeming to be committed to Jimmy G. The only other thing I could think of now that I really kind of ponder it is, I don't know, I'd have to look at Sam Darnold's situation on the Jets, but I know the Jets were most likely taking a quarterback. Uh-huh. But with the new dynamic there, I'm wondering if they do kind of a bring in a veteran and sit the rookie the first year or do like what the dolphins did where they had, you know, Fitzpatrick start and they brought Tua into it. Well, slowly. Right. Yeah. Cause Smith would be a great coaching quarterback. True. Um, whether he wants that role or not, probably not, but you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him being unemployed very long. No, I agree with you. And I think I like the Bears, actually. I hadn't thought about that. But I, if I were the Bears, I'd rather have him than Fultz as like a bridge to the next quarterback. Because obviously neither of them are going to be the long-term answer. But uh... No, but I do feel like Smith, if anybody could pull whatever talent that's sitting inside of Mitch out, I feel like Smith may be the better, the better back over Fultz. No offense mm-hmm. to Fultz, but I think Fultz wants to be the starter. And not yeah. Chicago, he won't be. No. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, no offense to Foles, but I think his days as a starter are done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we'll see. We'll see about Mitch because uh, he is also scheduled to be a free agent unless they either franchise tag or sign, uh, sign an extension. So that'll be interesting to see, too. Interesting. Um, and then uh, with the – so. Right after free agency, about a month later, will be the 2021 NFL draft. Where we're starting to hear some rumors coming out <laughs> out of there. Uh, the, the Patriots are heavily scouting rookie quarterbacks, which makes a ton of sense. They're not going to bring back Newton. Jared Stidham is still a relative unknown. I really feel bad if like the rumors circulate that Stidham starts and then the Patriots like again. bench him again. <laughs> I'd be like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. If I was Jared, I would not be happy with that situation. 
Um, and then the Lions too. They have their new GM, Brad Holmes. Oh, do we have to talk about the Lions? <laughs> uh, yes, but I'm not going to talk about Dan Campbell today. Thank God. Uh, the, the GM uh, was quoted saying that he likes the crop of quarterbacks in 2021 too. And uh, they're in a, a good position to take one of them uh, with the seventh pick overall. But it's interesting that they also just traded for Jared Goff and that big, big trade that sent Stafford to LA. I would be really nervous taking one of these quarterbacks and going to Detroit because I don't know what's going to happen in Detroit this year. <laughs> like, from well, the, play, I don't, play I don't want to call it games. a question. I don't want to call it a questionable hire in Dan Campbell, but it was certainly an unexpected hire. How about a bad insane hire? <laughs> it, could we use the word bold or is that being way too generous for Detroit? Bold is the, the generous way to put it. Yeah, let's let's go with that. Like it's a bold hire, but you know what? I do like being surprised. And maybe, maybe this is maybe his character will build the culture that they need in Detroit. Um but it definitely I, I think you're just trying to uh, I think you're just trying to save your DMs from angry Detroit residents. who <laughs> <laughs> have not been too happy with you the past few episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, no, it's absolutely fine. I can Detroit can burn. We're we're rivals. Um, however, if somebody was going to be the bold city in the NFC North, of course it's going to be Detroit. Well, and uh, in any case, stay tuned for our draft coverage <laughs> as soon as uh, as soon as free agency hits and the first wave of that is over. Oh, you full... mean there's more work after this? I'm sorry, Matt. No, you you're we not. Were, did you think we were done after this? <laughs> uh, well, there may have been that slight amount of hope. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's all the news and notes I had for this week. Let's talk about the biggest surprises of 2020. And let's actually... COVID-19. Oh, hey, that's yeah. Can't argue with that. I'm sorry, too far. Too Have soon? you? No, no. <laughs> I think it threw me off a little bit, but it's fine. We've <laughs> seen all the memes about it being March again. Uh, you know how, like, yeah, how we barely were standing from still the last since March. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, the, okay. Let me rephrase that. Then the biggest football-related surprises of 2020. Uh, and, and Matt, why don't you go first with your um, team that overperformed expectations the most last season? Ironically, this is sort of a preface for my sleeper pick for next year, too. <gasps> mm-hmm. Right. So this will really be a test of our listeners. Right. Um, I picked the Miami Dolphins, which I was kind of shocked in and of myself. Um, they took they took to a in the draft, which we figured at some point may see a start. But the biggest surprise was in the defense, a 30, 30 or 31st ranked defense last year. Through the first eight games of the season, that defense was a league leading 18.6 points per game average, making it one of the top. And I believe they finished as a top five or a top six defense hmm. overall at the end of the year. So they completely 180. And um, I know I, I've, I know I've mentioned this at least like several times before on the show, but this is after trading their star cornerback, Mika Fitzpatrick. And yet another emerged in Xavier Howard, who led the yeah. NFL in interceptions with 10. Um, so I really have to give mad kudos to the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. on the offensive side. There was a bit of touch and go for a minute there because we saw an interesting scenario develop. Ryan Fitzpatrick was doing just fine as a starter. And then Brian Flores announced that Tua would take over the starting position. And I have to give about probably better part of 70% of the credit of Miami success to Brian Flores. Mm -hmm. Because he did the one thing I can't stand that head coaches do when they switch to the rookie quarterback, you're either all in or you're all out but he was really smart with what he did when a, when Tua found himself in a situation that he didn't feel or f- when Brian saw Tua in a situation he couldn't handle he didn't have a problem in the early stages pulling him and putting Fitzpatrick in right to to let him so that he didn't suffer you know a moral defeat he used it as a learning coach and of course 
Ryan Fitzpatrick's was absolutely behind to 110%. So the dynamic and the culture that Brian Flores has built down there, this team's dangerous. This team has so much potential. And the Dolphins are no longer the bottom of the barrel like they've been for years, Adam Gase. <laughs> um, you knew it was yeah. coming. Oh, I did. That's um, so true. So I, I foresee this team. This, for this team, they may have a very big ceiling for next year. Mm. And it's exciting to see. Yeah, that's a really good good point. And I think the, the pressure is going to be on the offense to sort of keep up because it's Patrick free agent likely gone it, it was expected that um, i know but i kind of hope two, he does stay. oh i yeah i mean he's gonna go somewhere i don't think he's done in the nfl he's got more bling to show off in his press conferences <laughs> uh, but yeah wow that's a great pick and you you dove deep deeper than i did uh i i picked the browns you know what you always mock me for not having anything so i had to do something on that one and, and, you know, you tricked me, too, because you didn't write it in the notes here. So I'm like, oh, OK, Matt's got nothing. But <laughs> Well, I have less for the next one because I can't explain what happened to the other team. Like that has that makes no sense. <laughs> All right. All right. We'll get there in a second. So, yeah, my my um, biggest surprise in a good way of 2020 was the Browns. Who have also been a bit of a laughing stock, you know, that they've had a head coaching and quarterback carousel going on for years i don't know as long as we've been fans yeah 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 exactly and uh so quarterback baker mayfield i think this was year three uh, after an impressive rookie season kind of a downer year two under freddie bathrooms and then uh (laughs) there it is his third head coach in kevin stefanski coming over from minnesota um first time head coach one coach of the year this year and the the team went 11 and five and they made the playoffs for the first time. And I forget how long, uh, 19 years or something like that. Yeah. And they got a playoff win over their division rival Steelers in a game. Well, where they just... I mean, really, when I look back on that one, I'm not too surprised because the Steelers, while they were strong to start out with, man, they, they fizzled, they fizzled. out at the end of the year. They sure did. Yeah. But I mean, that shouldn't take anything away from the Browns. Um, well, it takes away a little bit, I guess. But they got in the playoffs, got a playoff win over a division rival, and uh, they they honestly they went toe to toe with Kansas City in their in the divisional round. That was impressed. Uh, hated by Mahomes getting hurt, but hey, whatever. <laughs> they had a very impressive season and looked better on on both sides of the ball than we expected. So, and I, and I attribute a lot of that to coaching, since there weren't a lot of personnel changes. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what they can do next year because I feel like the Browns are on the rise. The Ravens sort of stayed steady, and I, and I do think Pittsburgh is falling off a little bit, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And that's just due to age. You know, nothing lasts forever. And I think the yeah. the the age of Roethlisberger is going to come to a close after one more year. Yeah. Uh, and they might be a candidate for this next category next season, uh, but for now, for the 2020 <laughs> year, who who did you identify that played that did not live up to their expectations coming in? I picked the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and to keep up with tradition of me not having much to say, I can't explain a whole lot of this. Like the offense looked fantastic on paper. The offensive line has been good. Matt Ryan is still a, clearly a top five quarterback. He was number four overall in receiver and passing yards. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can explain Calvin how they Ridley, lost one game. Calvin Ridley had a, uh, well, okay, just because they couldn't recover an onside yes. kick. Yeah, we got it. <laughs> okay. I'm getting the special teams in a minute here, damn it. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, you're not. It's fine. No, it's fine. No, it's okay. We're still looking for that other M. <laughs> um, two openings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> both fire each other. Go on. <laughs> um, Kelvin Ridley had a breakout year. Julio Jones missed some time. Yeah. Um, the line was still pretty solid. Todd Gurley was involved more than I think we anticipated in the backfield. Um, but it was really the defensive side of the ball, which has struggled for a long time. Ever since the Super Bowl loss to New England, which I, <laughs> which I heavily put on the defense. It was a young defense, and you thought you would see growth in unity. 
And I don't know if it was Dan Quinn who couldn't coach the defense well enough or if it Vic was Beasley. Just Vic Beasley deciding whether or not he's going to play football that day. It's fine. Um, and then special teams just doing stupid things like, again, the onside kick. Fall on the damn ball. <laughs> like, it's not that hard. It doesn't matter the field position. Fall on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Or like if it literally is about to stop falling, it don't continue to stare at it because that's just asking for trouble. So this Falcons team seemed to implode on itself, and I cannot put any pressure on Matt Ryan. However, I do think a changing of the guard is going to be happening soon. I do believe Alex Mack, their center, a sturdy center, is going to be out, retire after this year. Matt Ryan is slowly aging. You know, Julio Jones, we don't know how much time he's got left. I don't know what their plans are in the running back position, but I don't know. I feel like the Falcons could be a postseason contender next year, but I really have to make that decision after I see how their draft plays out. This might be one of the most unpredictable unpredictable divisions next year. Yeah, between uh, New Orleans. Right, with like what's going to happen with New Orleans and the quarterback situation. Taysom Hill. <laughs> like All said, out of spite, not even for the yeah. record. I just wanted out of spite. <laughs> well, he has the advantage over Winston right now, given that he's still that he's on the team. Winston's a free agent, unless they do something about that. <laughs> he's thrown less interceptions too. Uh, sure, more fumbles though. Anyway, just let me wait one second here to see if my son is about to wake up. Dad. Oh. He's rolling around. No, that's me. I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I don't think you would fit in his crib. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we need to find out. Excuse me, Mikey. He's he's on his side now. He He just rolls rolls away. (laughs) He can, I mean, he's, he's strong to the point that he can like grab onto the bars and pull himself up. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> we actually saw it happen with Adeline a few times when she was, I forget how old exactly, but we were watching her on the camera. She like sat up in bed, looked around, saw the camera, stood up and then grabbed it. <laughs> we like, it was fascinating and terrifying at the same time. Wow. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are scary. Okay. I think he's okay. I'll give my, I'll give my, uh, biggest underperformer really quick uh, and it's the 49ers all right next <laughs> like we already yeah, sorry not that quick uh, i'm not gonna let you off that easy a year make you listen to me <laughs> a year after uh, as, as we already referenced being in the super bowl of course losing ultimately to the chiefs uh they finished six and ten which was good for last place in the nfc west this year and uh we had both predicted they would win the division again. They brought back essentially the same team, adding talent at running back and receiver. Uh, however, I'm going to give them a bit of a pass, actually, because of how hard they got yeah. hit by injuries and COVID. Uh, uh, Nick Bosa missed the entire season. Jimmy Garoppolo missed most of the year. All the running backs were hurt at one time or another. Their stud young receivers and Debo Samuel, Brandon Brandon Ayuk, it sounds right. We're in and out of the lineup due to injuries. You better be right on that. <laughs> well, let the editor check it later. Uh, George Kittle missed over half the season. So that's a lot of firepower right there. And uh, so I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass uh, with the caveat that when healthy, even when healthy, Jimmy G hasn't been as good as they had hoped when they made that trade a few years ago. So uh, I am expecting a rebound, but also like we talked about, I think this is the hardest, this is the toughest division in the league. So uh, they, but they could well, the teams are all good enough that they could well send three teams to the postseason again. All right. So with okay. that, let, let's wrap up our prove it players uh, with the AFC. So starting in the AFC North, uh, let's see. We, once again, I, I'm so disappointed in our division winner picks. Uh, we won't yeah, pick the I, Ravens. <laughs> we need to figure that out for next year because there's way too much. We're like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, we're predicting way too much. Uh, 
well, however, I don't think from year to year. anticipated the beginning of the season role that the Steelers went on either. Sure, that is true. And the Ravens just sucking at the beginning of the year for whatever reason. Anyway, the Steelers ended up winning. We were both wrong. Um, my proven players from this division were Odell Beckham Jr. and Patrick Queen, the uh, Ravens rookie linebacker. So starting with Odell. Uh, the reason I picked him was because he didn't have a very good first year in Cleveland. Uh, just, and, you know, all the drama that sort of comes with him at this point. Uh, it felt like a lot of times Baker was trying to force targets to him, something he probably felt like he had to do to a receiver at the, you know, with the star power of Beckham. Uh, but it wasn't working out very well. So I thought this was an important season for him to try to get past all that. Well, he tore his ACL seven games in and finished with just 23 catches, 319 yards and three touchdowns. Nailed so it. Wasn't on pace for a very good season either. And, and others on the team really did step up when he was out. Uh, you had Jarvis Landry who led the team, uh, Richard Higgins, another young receiver. They got there, Austin Hooper, who they brought in this past off season. And then uh, Kareem Hunt out of the backfield. All those guys accounted for three or more receiving touchdowns. So Baker found a way to spread the ball around and get stuff done. And uh, some people were saying last offseason that Baker and the Browns offense were actually better without Odell in the picture. So I took a look at the games that they played with him and the games that they played without him this season. And what was your conclusion, Mr. Holmes? Well, just based on this one metric – they averaged 27.9 points per game with Odell in the lineup and just 23.1 points per game without him. And, you know, obviously there are other factors, but it's kind of interesting. They averaged almost five points more per game when they had Odell. Uh, and there's still actually three years left on his contract, uh, earning about $15 million a year. So do you is, think uh, he's maybe got at least one more year before, if it's not working, they figure out how to get out of it? Maybe. Although already the trade rumors have been swirling again. Uh, so, so at least for this season. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> That's my sound that effect for swirling. swirling. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure the editor can find something. He's going to put like a washing machine in there. I think he's pretty tired. So he's probably not going to do anything too fancy. Anyway, my verdict oh, for this year, he didn't prove it. Uh, but he has a few years left on his contract. But like he said, if it doesn't, if it's not working out, maybe they'd get rid of him one way or another next oh, after next yeah, season. He didn't prove it in our dynasty either, but that's fine. <laughs> you love bringing up a terrible dynasty draft picks, don't you? I mean, why are I there so, why are there so I, many of them? <laughs> I didn't contribute way too much, but I had a few, few gems. Okay. Uh, suite of gems, Patrick queen, the Ravens rookie linebacker. He was their first round pick and he made a, Splash right away. He started all 16 games, Done. led the led the team in combined tackles with 106, and was also tied for third on the team in sacks with three. You know, respectable for an inside linebacker. Uh, also added a fumble, an interception, two forced fumbles, two recovered fumbles, one of which he returned for a touchdown, and all of which looked pretty good just by the numbers. However, I looked at his PFF grade. They had him ranked 89th out of 91 linebackers in terms of defending the run and dead last in pass coverage. Really? Which I was just kind of shocked by. And I, I wrote these notes a while ago and I wrote, I might need to go watch some game film, figure out what happened. But obviously I didn't do that. So like, it's funny how your written notes are like, Patrick Queen was a pretty big stud and then PFF's like, this guy sucks. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it's possible to... That, that big of a discrepancy. I definitely saw in past coverage a lot of times where he looked confused, but all those tackles kind of think he was doing something right. <laughs> and, well, and I mean, I have to, you know, again, point out rookies tend to struggle the first year, and it was sure. a very weird offseason. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we can't overly judge rookies' terrible first years. But I do think that what we were able to see out of Queen was a sign of things to come, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, and you look at his, he led the team in tackles. The unit as a whole was the second best 
defense in the league and points allowed top 10 and yards allowed. So I, I'm throwing out the PFF grade and I'm saying, yes, he proved it. He belongs in the league. He was a worthy Screw first. Screw you pro football focus and your <laughs> yeah, we're two, we're two M football. So suck it. All right, go ahead, Matt. Who are your <laughs> AFC prove it picks? <laughs> I'm going to kick it off with uh, Cincinnati's running back, Joe Mixon. Unfortunately, it was a very short season for Mixon because mm. um, he only played six games. Yay. Um, however, however he, he did get paid. Yeah. <laughs> so proved it, nailed it, A+. Plus. Um, in those six games, though, he had 119 attempts for 428 yards, averaging 3.6. Both yards and attempts were the lowest in his four years. For three years at that point, fourth season in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, he had three touchdowns uh, and lost a fumble. So, I mean, the stat line kind of proves like he had potential, but then again, he played less than half a season. Uh, but when he was there, he capitalized, averaging 3.6 yards per carry. I mean, that's keeping, that's almost ahead of the chains in terms of a first yard run. Um, 21, uh, 26 targets with 21 receptions for another 138 yards and score. So good in both areas. I mean, if they didn't think this guy was worth anything, they pay him. But of course the big story this year in Cincinnati was around Joe Burrow. Um, yeah. And I got to think, uh, at least early in the season, teams were sort of loading the box against Mixon to, to see what Burrow could do, you know? Right. And that probably contributed to his lower than usual average. Um, but he got paid. So I got to say, it seems like yeah. he proved it. I mean, and, and I think and, he's going to prove it again. And Burrow looked awesome by the end of the season. And, and the, they go hand in hand, right? A strong running game and a dangerous passing game. So I agree with you. I'm glad you do. I would have. <laughs> I, I know you, you care so not. much. I know you care so much, but I think. All right. <laughs> Keep myself up at night. How about your defensive player? Uh, the the helmet basher himself, Miles Garrett. In <laughs> um, my quick notes on him were next to his name. I just put A plus. He's a beast. I mean, Miles Garrett has proved that he is a stud on defense. He just needs to watch that temper. Fourteen games, two pass defended, four forced fumbles, which he recovered two of. Nice. Uh, Twelve sacks, forty eight tackles, ten tackles for a loss, and eighteen quarterback hits. Disruption nice. is the one word I would describe Miles Garrett. Um, and I think Garrett had a lot to do with helping Baker and that offense get in the mm-hmm. positions they could. Cool. Moving on to the AFC South. Uh, this was the one where we differed in our winner picks, and, and you were correct choosing the Titans. Uh, I picked the Colts, came down to the last week of the season, but. Uh, yeah, Titans took the crown. Um, let's see, my proven players on offense, it was Gardner Minshew, the Jaguars quarterback. He was the starter week one, and he got the team their only win of the season. But he only Nailed ended, it. ended up only ended up playing in nine games uh, due to a combination of injury and just being benched. Uh, he was by far their best starter this year, but that's not saying much compared to Mike Glennon and Jake <laughs> Luton. Noodleneck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Minshew completed 66% of passes, passed for 2,200 yards with 16 touchdowns compared to just five picks. He still has two years left on his rookie deal, so I assume he'll stay on on the team. Uh, however, he'll be a backup once again as they're expected to take Trevor Lawrence with the number one draft pick. So, uh, I say he did prove that he belongs in the NFL. It's not no guarantee for sixth round picks like him. So I, right. I count it as a success still. He's going to stick around, but uh, he it'll be a while, uh, if at all, ever again before he's a starter again. And I'm then, really uh, curious to hear about the next player, Mike. <laughs> I'm sure Big you have Beasley. a ton of information on him. In the ratio of like snaps played to discussion is... We've discussed too... him more than he's played. I was trying to figure out a way to, yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yes. We just for here. How about this? For a guy who barely played at all this season, we've talked about Vic Beasley a whole lot. 
Uh, yeah. Running joke of the 2020 season is where's McBeasley? <laughs> and that was literally how it started because he didn't report to camp right away for Tennessee and, and they didn't know where he was. And he only played a few games. He, he, he was barely on the field, even in the games he played. They cut him in week eight. He signed with the Raiders in week 13, still barely played for them. His highest snap percentage with uh, with Vegas was 39%. In five games with the Raiders, he had one tackle. Nailed it. <laughs> obviously, obviously a fail. Obviously didn't prove anything. Uh, he's he probably proved done. that he doesn't want to play football. He doesn't want to and or can't. All right, go. How about you in the, in the AFC South? Um, first of all, you spelled my quarterback's name wrong. Did I? Yeah, you forgot an L. Oh, it's two L's? Okay, sorry. Yeah. Uh, if that didn't give it away, uh, one of them was Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> and again, this was a guy that, you know, he did his job what he was supposed to do. I mean, I don't know why he was really there. I guess I was trying to see if he could. I did not anticipate Derrick Henry having another monster season like this. I figured that they would have been able to stop him and he had to prove he had to throw the ball. However, Derrick Henry had another monster season. So really, Tannehill's job was really easy. Uh, Threw for 38-19 yards. That's 15th overall. Tied for 7th with 33 touchdowns and 7 interceptions. But had the 4th overall. Right? Um, he did have the fourth overall QBR rating of 78.3. Nice. Um, so he proved it. He proved that he is the quarterback for this team. And of course, Derrick Henry's monster seasons make that way, way easier. But I mean, there were times like the Bears, miraculously, I don't know how, uh, managed to to slow Derrick Henry down, and that forces Tannehill's to the air. So as long as they got that play action pass game going, there ain't nothing stopping this guy. Uh, For the defensive side, I had CJ Henderson, rookie corner for Jacksonville. And I graded him a C overall. He played sporadically, which I'm not surprised about. I mean, this defense in Jacksonville is not what it once, not what it once was. Um, He played total eight eight games were played. Um, he had an interception, a forced fumble, 36 tackles, and a few of the games that like I really got to watch, he he showed spurts of the potential. Um, whether it's the coaching changing, whether it's just the bizarre offseason and the fact that he had a lot to learn, I feel like this was an approximate, a good amount for a rookie to play for a team that had clearly no ambition of going anywhere except to the first <laughs> overall pick of the draft. Yes. Um, but I feel like he does need help. So rookies tend to jump forward in their second year. So I will be standing idly by, and I don't know, maybe we'll see if uh, Jacksonville didn't whiff on that one. Cool. Moving right along to the AFC East, where uh, we were both correct picking the Bills to win the division. Uh, well, actually, I have you going first for this division. Uh, well, I have so much to say about this first guy. <laughs> Uh, Sony Michelle, I just put down injured. Yep. And then uh, uh, in parentheses, I put N slash A, so not applicable. <laughs> um, he think I think he played maybe like thirty snaps once he came back, but like he wasn't a factor. Yeah, uh, and uh, he was. Uh, Damian Harris, I think, was the primary second back. year back's name, and uh, him and Rex Burkhead both did very well in his absence. Burkhead so. was a beast. On a side note, it, it's always surprising, but but yeah, <laughs> he was. Um, and All then right. my other my what what? I was going to say yeah. Let's not waste any more time on on Sony. Um, Tremaine Edmonds was my defensive player Florida, pick. Microsoft. Ironically, I swear to you, are you the stupid paperclip that pops up asking if I need assistance? Could no, be. I'm fine. I can figure it out. How how dare you <laughs> besmirch the, the good name of Clippy? <laughs> <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds probably likes Flippy, uh, but what he also likes is winning. And, I've, you know, I feel like this whole defense was incredible. And it's hard that I, you know, to pick one player because Edmonds had three pass defended, two sacks, 119 tackles, three quarterback hits. Now, those don't sound like a lot, 
but the cohesion of that unit was incredible. Like the Bills had an incredible defense going for Josh McDermott this year. Um, and I would vote that he proved he should be a part of that winning defense. And I think he'll continue to be a part of that defense and should be a part of it. And will be. And will be because he All proved right. it, damn it. <laughs> Getting fired up over there about Jermaine Edmonds. I agree. Well, with you I mean, someone's got to be excited over your guy. Uh, are you implying that I'm not excited about Nikhil Harry? Well, I feel I, like you're lackluster at best. Well, let's see. Let me uh, let me read you my notes on Nikhil Harry this year. Sucks. Patriots offense was a dumpster fire. Uh, as a yeah, yeah, but that they threw how about that for a hot for a hot take? Get it? <laughs> as a team, the, the Patriots threw just twelve touchdown passes this year, which is like one game of Peyton Manning. Uh, and even given that situation, though, uh, Harry still wasn't even the best receiver on the team. We did have the second most touchdowns on the team with two. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know who led the Patriots uh, pass catchers in touchdowns? No, I'll give you a hint. It's not a receiver, and it's a guy that Is we've already talked about. Rex Burkhead. <laughs> yes, he led the Patriots in receiving touchdowns last year with three, a whopping three. Um, but anyway, back to Nikhil Harry. He was pretty much outplayed by Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird, and even the aging Julian Edelman. Now, he'll be around for a few more years because he has uh, two more years left on his rookie deal. Uh, but I don't know if his QB situation is going to get better uh, moving forward. We still don't know what they're going to, who will be quarterbacking this team next year. Uh, but he was a disappointment as well as uh, everyone else Cam in this Newton. offense. No, not Cam Newton. That's the one thing we know for sure. It's not me. It might be you. I mean, I don't want to have any spoilers but you know that's true jj jj watt style keep it close to the vest um will you i'm gonna send you a list can you purchase these jerseys please i know jerseys cost like 120 bucks a pop you think i got that kind of money well i mean come on now if i was playing for the patriots i would all right my other proven player was josh norman the the bills cornerback that that joke was going nowhere uh (laughs) I was hoping you'd bring it home, but I'm going to cut this whole thing. <laughs> uh, just post an empty audio clip for this week's episode. <laughs> I was going to say just <laughs> the intro and the exit. And that wraps up another <laughs> exciting. Okay. Josh Norman played. He only played nine games this year because of injuries. Um, and, and he wasn't um, when he was on the field, he wasn't an every down player, more of a situational guy. Uh, but he was pretty, he was about as effective, I'll say, as he's been the last few years. And uh, however, at this point of his career, all that is, is just kind of a solid cornerback. <laughs> he was 32 this season. And in that, his limited role, well, probably his highlight of the season was getting stiff armed into the dust by Derrick Henry. <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, he's not the only guy that happened to this year, but he, Derrick Henry, Threw Josh Norman to the ground like a rag doll. Oh, it was hilarious. It was. Sorry. It reminded right, me of that right, Vance right. McDonald stiff arm that he did. Was it two years ago? I like the sidearm. Side I think line. I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, but so in his limited role, he did have two tackles for loss, a pick six, four pass breakups, a forced fumble, and two fumbles recovered. So not bad for a part time player and PFF. I'm going to use them again. I'm, we're, we're back on good terms after the Patrick Queen. That was a fast patch up. Saga. I thought you wanted to take care of your kid. I didn't realize your kid was PFF. You know, I had a change of heart. They, they bring out the best in you, you know. No, I don't believe that, but proceed. <laughs> PFF graded Josh Norman, their 32nd best cornerback, uh, which is pretty PFF, good. PFF, more like BFF. That's right. Hey, I see what you did there. Uh, and like, I don't know. I don't know what to say about whether or not he proved it. I have a question mark. It was just a one-year deal with Buffalo, and he did okay. <laughs> didn't wasn't completely MIA like like some people on my list. Um, but it was just you, a one-year deal. We're gonna so have to we find don't... a new joke for 2021 now. Oh, we'll find. We'll we'll do this again with the proven players, and based on uh, my one-year track record, I know how to pick them for the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, like 
because we can't keep using Beasley now, it'll have to be a new player that kind of just disappears off the radar for half the season and then has a trade we knew nothing about. Uh, I'm realizing right now that Vic Beasley and uh, your your very own Kiko Alonso had kind of similar 2020 seasons. Yeah, just, just disappeared off the radar and just reappeared yeah. in the team with no news about it. Yeah. Um, all right. After so, the season. I think Josh Norman is is uh, still a valuable player in the NFL, so I'm going to say yes, he proved it. And finally, the AFC West, the Chiefs won again, as we all predicted. And uh, you go ahead first with your, your players. Uh, so for the Las Vegas Raiders, I had Henry Ruggs, the third rookie wide receiver. Um, How'd he do? Not bad. I mean, not great, but not bad. Part of it, I think, was Derek Carr. Part of it was, I think, the Josh Jacobs-focused offense was was taking front stage. Nelson Aguilar had a great year out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, did not see that one coming. Uh, but he was 26 uh, receptions, 43 targets, two touchdowns, nine rushes for 49 yards, but he did have a couple of fumbles. Damn it, Henry. Um, get your crap together. <laughs> I mean, I graded him a C. It was average. I mean, for what I didn't know what to expect out of this offense. We didn't know what kind of quarterback Derek Carr was going to be. He did seem to utilize rugs more and stretching the ball down the field. But then again, Nelson Aguilar just seemed to come out of nowhere and lead this offense. Josh Jacobs in the ground game did a fantastic job behind that offensive line. And then the defense kind of kept them in games. But at the same time, this team kind of stalled midseason couple of big upsets one over the chiefs who knew who saw that one coming right um but i i have to say you know what did he prove it he proved he could be a valuable asset um i'll never forget never mind that's too strong of a word but i remember at this moment in time his his game-winning hail mary uh, touchdown catch against the jets the mighty jets of new york Yo, the fearsome jet. So <laughs> anyway, he's sorry. he's got that he's got that deep ball and long and stretch the field potential. It's just like I said, it just became the Al- Aguilar and Jacob show this year. And don't forget Darren Waller takes up so many of those targets. Waller is a baller, and he is definitely he's a big target though too. Yeah. Henry Ruggs is not a big guy. For my defensive side, Bradley Chubb for the Broncos. Is just a beast. He he suffered a little bit of injury, so he didn't play a full season, but he played 14 games, seven and a half sacks, 42 tackles, nine for a loss, and 19 quarterback hits. What more can you expect from a defensive lineman? Just run it. Yeah. You know, that is that is solid play that keeps your defense in contention. Remember, him and Von Miller were both hurt at one point. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's like losing one of your two feet you know you're never fully functional you can do it but everything works best together and I think they just end up feeding off each other you know you think that having two dynamic players cut into each other's stats but really they work well together and I think they kind of need each other but I think Chubb proved it he's going to be he's still a staple in this defense and as big a name as Von Miller cool take us home Mike all right uh Noah Fant the Broncos tight end. He was, um, I think it was his second year in the league. I should have written that down. He was on an incredible pace to start the season. Uh, you know, he's got that, that blend of, of size and athleticism. You love to see in a tight end who can be a big weapon in the passing game. And that's sort of what I was hoping for. And what I think Denver was hoping they would get out of him. Uh, and they absolutely did to start the season, but he got kind of banged up in the second half. Uh, well, at the same time, Denver's other pass catchers started to improve because at the start of the year, uh, you didn't really know what you were going to get out of. Uh, well, you had Cortland Sutton. They had the rookie, Jerry Judy. And uh, and then you had Fant. But then there were other guys like Tim Patrick and others whose names are escaping me that, that sort of stepped up. Um, but despite missing some time, Fant was first. He led the team in receptions with 62 and had the second most touchdowns with three. Well, Jerry and Judy it, led the team in drops in an opportune moments to play. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I have a Fuck you, Jerry Judy. Quick little. Oh my gosh! All right. <laughs> oh yeah, I know why you said that. Um, hold on, I have a quick joke on that. When Noah Fant was on the field and healthy, he dominated the defense with his, uh, as expected, with his size, athleticism, and rare ability to catch the ball. At least compared to certain others on the team. 
laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. We need to we we need to make that a we need to make that like a call command button. Laugh uh, so track, laugh track, laugh track. Fant was great. He needs to stay healthy next year, but he did what he was supposed to do when he was out there. And finally, the most dramatic proven player pick of the twenty twenty season, Derwin James. Derwin James, safety for the LA Chargers. Mike, give us Missed. his stat line. Go. Zero, 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 zero. Uh, one. One torn meniscus. And he missed <laughs> uh, uh, in, in, uh. in training. <laughs> laugh track, laugh track. <laughs> he, uh, he missed the entire season after tearing his meniscus in training camp, tragically. Um, I do remember how upset all season you were about this. I was. Because I, was. I think that, we that were team... arguing at the time. We were drafting. And we oh, were yeah. arguing. You're like taking Derwin James. I was like, we need to take like a defensive end or something like that. Like why? Or Bosa. You're like, no, we're taking Derwin James. I was like, hey, well, we, you're we, in control of the draft. We got Bosa. Like, we took we took Derwin James. And then a week later, you're like, guess who's not playing this year? Hey, quit your complaining. We got Bosa. Okay. Uh Derwin uh, James. Moving again. Hey, okay, we gotta go. That wraps up our 2020 recap. It's another wild one, a fun one, but in the wise words of Pumbaa from The Lion King, got to put your behind in your past. So starting next week, it's it's all about 2021. Uh, so Thank yeah, I think we already met. First thing we'll do is take a deep dive into the free agent class. And uh, so yeah, be sure to tune in. Same time, same place next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoy listening to this episode of the 2M Football Show with Mike and Matt. Please subscribe to be aware of our future podcasts. Follow us at social media at 2M Football Show. If you feel like donating to help out the show, follow us and check out our Patreon. We'll see you in the next episode.